Actually, reading Dolores Worson's book, The Last Rodeo, Chapter 19. While Carly sat at the kitchen table, she jotted down some notes. Then Sonny was already reading them from over her shoulder. Carly handed them to her. You really think gourmet chocolate, Irish whiskey, and hydrogen peroxide will be necessary for the meeting tomorrow morning? Sonny asked. Maybe not, but you'd sure have those things on hand. Carly had come to that conclusion after learning who'd be at the meeting. That Lucian had scheduled for dating Candy, Glenda, and Etta Smith, a.k.a. the lawyer representing the loan sharks, so Jerry owed so much money. In nearly every picture that Mr. Smith posted on social media, he has a shot of whiskey in his hand. So either he's an alcoholic or he merely likes his booze. Also, his mother is an O'Neill from Dublin, so that's why I suggest Irish whiskey. If he doesn't want a shot, he can put it in his coffee. Just keep the bottle visible. Sonny nodded, but there was still some skepticism in the question. And the chocolate for candy. Yes, I know it sounds a little cliche. What with her name? But according to the housekeeper, she had chocolate delivered from that site. I listed in the notes. Call them and have them overnight a box of her favorites. And on a deep breath... More skepticism from Sonny's bunch of work and the hydro For Lucian, he'll tighten his jaw so much that it'll likely open up the cut on his chin, but the hydroperoxide and some gauze pads in his top right drawer. Also, make sure there's tea for Candy and Glenda. Now that Carly practically wanted either woman to feel welcome or cater to, but she wanted this meeting to go as smoothly as possible, even though it was highly unlikely they could reach a solution that would satisfy all of them. Should I have Abe make pastries or something, Sonny? God, no. He's a herbal cook, and he won't be up that early anyway. Just order something from the diner. Sonny stared at him. If Abe's such a bad cook, then why is he here? Well, the cook, Carly only shrugged, but she figured the reason Lucian kept him around was because Abe had looked after Lucian, and his brothers went all hell had broken loose when Jerry ran off with her mother. Of course, the looking after hadn't included any edible cooking, but in his own minimal communication sort of way, Abe had made sure they didn't do anything reckless enough to get killed. They're right there. Lucian always takes those brown paper bags that Abe gives him, too. Charlie murmured. She was talking to herself. That might be another reason Lucian kept the cook around. She didn't know what was in those bags. And when she found them in the trash a couple of times, they'd been emptied. Okay, I'll get these things, Sonny said, going through the list. And then I need to get some sleep. I'll be in the guest house if anybody asks. She headed for the door, but then stopped. Are you sure you don't want your good job back? You're obviously a lot better at it than I am. Carly shook her head to the question. She definitely didn't want to work for Lucian again. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it all out. Sonny made a sound to indicate that might never happen, and she walked away, still studying her notes. Carly checked the time already after 10, which meant she'd be staying the night too, rather than driving back to her apartment. The question was, which bed would she be in? Since she wanted the answer to to that to be Lucian, she headed toward his office where she'd last seen him, and he was still there, pouring over the files that Jerry had left him. She doubted there was anything in them that he hadn't already discovered, but prepping, prepping and re-prepping were Lucian's way of managing stress. He looked up at her. Their gazes connected other than fatigue and worry. She didn't see much else in his eyes, but she figured there were other things simmering beneath the surface. All that flirting and sex talk in the tack room hopefully meant her time wasn't up with him just yet. That's why she shut the door and locked it. She went to the bar, poured him a drink, and set it on the desk. He still didn't take his eyes off her when she swiveled his chair around and eased down onto his lap, straddling him. The motion automatically pushed up her skirt to her thighs. I know bar sex is out, but how do you feel about a round, another round of office sex? <laughs> yes, he draped her hands 
first one, then the other around his neck. His intense stare didn't get any less intense, and for several heart-stopping moments, he thought he might reject her and send her on her way, but he didn't. The firm push on her back. Lucian brought her right against him, and he kissed her. The relief flooded through her. But it quickly got replaced by the heat. The kiss generator. Don't move your chin too much. She reminded him. If he heard her, Lucian had ignored the vice because he continued to kiss the way he did everything else in his life. Left no stone unturned. This was especially true when he ran his hand up her top and into her bra. Of course, he lowered his head and kissed her there, too. And soon, very soon, Carly forgot all about her chins, meetings with loan sharks, and the dire mess of the business. Heck, it was possible that she forgot how to breathe, but she was certain of one thing. She felt every inch of her body. Could feel some inches of his body, too, because he already had an erection. God, she enjoyed floor play, but tonight it was the orgasm she was after, not just for herself, but for him. She was betting that would work faster and better than the bourbon she just poured him. The fire in her body got hotter with each lick of his tongue, each nip, and each bite of pressure from his clever fingers. It hadn't taken much time at all to send her from the I want you stage to the I need you now, and she tried to let him know that by touching him too. Specifically, she slid her hand over the front of his jeans and cupped him. Lucian got the message, all right. He made a grunt of pleasure, and while she still kissing her breast, he lowered his grip so he could pull down her panties. That meant her standing up for a couple of seconds so he could rid her of them. But when she dropped back onto his lap, Carly made sure her skirt was up and up, about to get in their way. But what was in their way were his jeans. It would have been fun to get him naked again, but then he touched her just the right spot. Her spot was pretty easy to find, so you know that the panties were gone. He touched and kissed until Carly knew if she didn't do something fast, that she'd be having a solo orgasm. She unzipped him, not easily. He was huge and hard, his erection straightening against his jeans, but she finally managed to free him from his bunkers. Condom. Condom, he growled. It was an excuse of frustration. <laughs> an exercise in frustration that he had to stop and retrieve the condom from his wallet and his back pocket. All the shifting and moving around nearly gave Carly that premature orgasm. After all, finally got the darn thing on. <laughs> he didn't waste even a second. Pushing into her. Wow, there it was. She tried her pleasure so deluded that she had to fight to hold on for the big finale. Lucian was very good at all parts of sex, but he was especially good at the end. He moved inside, guiding her hips with his firm grip. All the while, he watched her face. Actually, he watched as he pushed her right over the edge. The corner of his mouth lifted the smile of victory, and he kissed her, dragging her in right against him when he pushed into her one last time. Oh, yes, this was better than the bourbon. Lucian was ready for this meeting. He collected all the information he needed, and he tanked up on enough coffee to give him that wired and dangerous look. He was also still pissed off, even at what happened with Jerry, that he knew he had an edge an edge that most people like to avoid. Maybe that meant this meeting would be short and sweet, or at least short, because he took one look at Candy and realized she was going to be anything but sweet this morning, teetering on hills so high and thin that they could have been used for drill bits. She scrowled at him when she came into his office. She gave another scrout the open box of chocolates that Sonny had put up out, but Candy's surely face expression didn't stop her from helping herself to several pieces. Three guys in suits came in behind Candy, and even though they didn't introduce themselves, Lucian knew who they were. Candy's lawyers who were on Santa for Hoopoo. Lucian had purposely made sure there weren't enough seats for them. Maybe if their legs got tired, then they'd encourage Candy to back off on the lawsuit. Well, Cowboy could dream anyway. I want a cup of tea with milk to coat down, Candy snarled to Sonny, who hurried to the other side of the room to pour the woman's a cup. 
A cup later, Lucian would commend Sonny for being so prepared. He thanked Carly, too, since she had no doubt coached his new assistants. When Sonny handed Candy the tea, the woman gulped it down as if it were the cure for all ills. Lucian wished that it didn't indeed have that cap- capability. If so, he would have guzzled several pots of it. Heard the footsteps and several moments later, Eddie Smith, his second visitor, appeared, and Lucian saw that Carly had escorted him in. The two were chatting, and Eddie must have likely liked the conversation because he was smiling. Carly made eye contact with Lucian, Brief eye contact, maybe to give him some moral support. Lucian's eye contact probably had a lot more heat in it than hers. After all, he had sex with her right here in this office just the night before. That was a sweet memory, but pushed aside to save her. Later, for now, he had to deal with a dick, one that wasn't located behind the zipper of his own jeans. Lucian hadn't really given a lot of thought as to how Eddie Smith would look, but after the lawyer, after seeing the lawyer when he stepped into the office, Lucian was certain he hadn't. Been expecting this. No snake oil salesman look. No godfather jewels or black suit. Eddie was wearing jeans and a Green Day t-shirt. Lucian also didn't miss the hound dog look that Slimeball gave Curly as she turned around and went back up the hall. Slimeball gave the same treatment to Sonny. Then Candy. He scrouted him. Candy knew who Eddie was, and when Lucian had stepped up the meeting, he told Candy and Eddie who... He told Candy that Eddie would be there. Apparently, she didn't approve of that. Or maybe, like Lucian, she was just pissed off in general about a lot of things. Thanks for setting up this meeting, Lucian. Eddie greeted and he grinned, a big toothy grin, before sitting. Suited for a sitcom than this meeting. Lucian hadn't had other reasons for distrust the guy that would have done it. For one thing, there was zilch to smile about, and he figured the casual tire was meant to put him at ease. Didn't work, but then that would have been asking a lot of mere clothes. You didn't give me a chance about the, you didn't give me a choice about this meeting. Things are fucked up, and we need to unfuck them. My clients agree. Eddie quickly said he took a paper from his briefcase and slid across the room. And here are the terms. There wasn't much on the paper, just a summary of Jerry's debt, which were in t- in the $2 million ballpark, we should figure most of that was interest. Beneath that figure were the so-called term shit. You want Jerry's 49% of Granger Enterprises to cancel out the debt. We should summarize. Any reason you didn't just go to my father with this? Eddie nodded. We did. And he said he'd leave it up to you. And Eddie gave Lucian another paper verifying that. Well, that was a surprise. Not that Lucian especially wanted this particular gift. It was damn. It was a damned. If he did, damned if he didn't, kind of situation. He gave up Jerry's shares. Granger Enterprises would be joined at the hip with the likes of Eddie and his equally Islamic clients. Lucian said no. He had to pony up from his own personal assets to cover the debts. It would have stretched him very thin, but it was doable. Still, he wasn't sure if more of the debts were going to come to light. There was no telling what kind of stupid deals Jerry had made when he was trying to recover his losses. <laughs> what a doggone minute. Wait a doggone minute. Kenny held before Lucian could even express wrong to Eddie. I want Jerry's 49% to cover the money he borrowed from me. You're not giving it to those thugs. Eddie sure didn't smile about that. My clients are thugs. They're businessmen who provided a valuable service to other businessmen in need of quick cash. They're thugs, and they're not getting what's rightfully mine. Kenny argued, wiping around the face Lucian. She aimed her pit. Pepto-Bismol pink painted index finger. Jerry took money from my family estates, and I intend to be compensated for that. Money would compensate you, Lucian pointed out. Though it was another damn, 
another damned if he did, damned if he didn't situation. And Lucian had wanted to wrangle with one of them, much less two. He couldn't pay all both Candy and the loan shops without wiping the company and some of his personal assets, but he could ask his brothers to chip in, which they would do the second they heard of this problem. Then the whole family could be in financial hot water. Despite what everyone thought, the Grangers didn't just have an, an extra four million lying around. Candy gave her head an individual. I've decided I don't want Monty. I want Jerry's shares. Two lawyers all voiced very ways of agreement. Eddie didn't do the head wobbin, wobble, but he gave Candy a look that could have frozen El Paso in August. My clients have a right to those shares since their loan to Jerry Granger happened months before yours. Neither of you has a right to the shares unless I say so. Lucian replied, reminded him. He held up the paper Eddie had given him and reminded him that for now, I'm not zoned anything. Candy huffed, her breath making it all the way across the desk to Lucian's nose. Those chocolates and tea scents came through loud and clear. Hear this, Lucian Granger. Either you sign up with Jerry Shares right now, or we'll tie up Granger Enterprises in litigation for years. Then I'll go after the ranch since Jerry owns half of that, too. With that, that Candy spun on her tittered heels and started off, her legal turn right behind him. She can't touch the ranch, Eddie remembered. The terms of your great-grandfather's will won't allow it. Lucian knew that the assets weren't shared between the ranch and the business. Still, Candy was right about being able to put Granger Enterprises in legal circus that could go on well much longer than Lucian wanted it to. Got a lot to think about. Eddie added when he stood and picked up his paper. Just remember this. My clients are powerful men. Would you rather go up against them or the Hoopoo Harris? Lucian didn't want either of them with their fingers in his business, and no matter which way he went, that would happen, and that meant he needed to find another angle in this. You're going to lay yourself out, Lucian told Eddie, and he gave Eddie a, a lucifer glare when the man tried to continue his argument. I'll be in touch, Lucian added, and he waited until Eddie was out of the office before he took out his phone to make a call. A call he didn't want to make, but he needed another angle in this, one that wasn't necessarily going to appeal to anyone, still might be his last-ditch effort. Lucian pressed in the number, and he didn't have to wait long before Lynn answered. Come to the ranch tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, Lucian told her, and he made it sure. It sounded like the order that it was. We've got things to discuss. The moment that Glenda gave him an okay, he made his next call to Jerry. Like Glenda, his father answered on the first ring. I don't want to hear another apology, Lucian would have brought up. Just listen and do exactly what I tell you. Meet me at our lawyer's office in San Antonio at 8 in the morning. For once in your miserable life, you're going to do the right thing. End of chapter 19.